0: Lord I am filled with awe by your amazing works in this time of our deep need help us again as you did in years gone by and in your anger remember your mercy I see God moving across the deserts of Edom the Holy One coming from Mount Paran his brilliant splendor fills the heavens and the earth is filled with his praise his coming is as brilliant as the sunrise Rays of light flash from his hands, where his awesome power is hidden. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thanks, Doug. Well, I just want to uh, highlight all all the uh, numerous announcements that we have during this season. they are opportunities for you uh, and opportunities for those you know. Uh, to participate in uh, this wonderful time of year in which uh, many of us are more, a little more receptive and our neighbors are a little more receptive to the message of Jesus Christ. And so we would wonderfully like you to uh, to invite them to be part, participants in that. Well, hey, I am grateful and I'm giving thanks for the Ipsy Free family, always. We are a gathering of image bearers of our Creator who collectively create a community who love God, love all people, and follow Jesus together. Uh, In this series, we've been in this manuscript of Habakkuk for the last few weeks, and there are three chapters in Habakkuk, if you didn't know it, in this prophet's writing, this minor prophet's writing, the first chapter we dealt with, uh, the question of, ...of his question and maybe our question or maybe those around us uh, that have this question. Where are you, God? Where are you? I mean, you know, uh, we we know you're there, but we don't see what we want to see. We're not seeing what we thought we would. Chapter 2, we contended with the question and found out that part of this contending and clinging... ...that we found out Habakkuk's name means... Uh, is about waiting, like, for the next word, too, right? I mean, you're like, okay, you can keep going, right? I mean, but that's the way it is. I mean, like, we're we're waiting sometimes for the answers that we're looking for, and it's like we're in a waiting room, and the clock continues to tick, and other people go in and see the doctor, and other people come out, and we're still sitting there. Today we are in chapter 3 where there may be a change of atmosphere as Doug has already uh, led us in and rightly so. This tone of Habakkuk's manuscript uh, that that the tone may have changed but please understand that the situation has not changed at all. The situation continues to be dire for Habakkuk and his plea to God continues to lay out there on behalf of Judah there were, where there was angst, confusion, and wandering, and even doubting, there seems to be an atmospheric change. There's a almost, and we'll find out here in just a moment, there seems to be a, a, a musical notation of change that you're supposed to step into. Even in the midst of wanting to know, where are you, God? Why am I waiting so long? And we get a little taste of this at the end of chapter 2, didn't we? Didn't we? But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. I mean, it's similar to Psalm 46 where the psalmist writes, be still and know I am God. Like all the world seems to be collapsing around me and, and I'm not sure what's happening, but you command me not to move. You command me not to, not to do anything, but just to know that you are God. Even in the midst of hurting And being confused. And even in the admittance. Of saying. I don't understand. But the Lord. Is in his holy temple. There's a word. As we've already indicated. At the beginning of. Of of chapter 3. It's a a word of instruction. Often we find these in the psalmist. In the psalms. And the psalmist puts it in there. Uh, This word, uh, which I'm going to slaughter, to be really honest, because it's kind of an odd one, shignoth, is, is a word that's found not only here in Habakkuk chapter 3, but it's also found in Psalm 7. There are very few other places it's found. Uh, right uh, every Monday, or uh, um, every Monday about, f- about 4 o'clock, there's a group of uh, people that gather right about here. And they they practice uh, choir. It's the Ipsy Youth Choir, Um, but to to be really fair, it's not so youth all the way through. I mean, you think about eternity; they are. But you know, my office is right right there. If you didn't know, and every so often I hear uh, uh, Miss Crystal say to the choir how she wants the song to be sung, like, "Hey, give it a little more oomph," or whatever. I don't know what it is, and. And they will, you know, they'll respond. But that's, that's exactly what Habakkuk is asking here. He's like, okay, I get it. You've been through chapter one and you've been through chapter two. And he's probably saying this to, to those in Judah as he sings this song back to God, right? He's like, okay, something's got to shift and the situation's not going to change, but we, we've got to shift inside. There's something that has to change. And so this... Word means strong emotion, and passion exuberance, and wildly passionate singing um, a little bit you know um, it may not be your thing, right? I mean, you come on sunday mornings you 're like well don 't my hands come right here, and they stay right here don't don 't make them go up like this right and but he 's like, no, no, no you this is what changes the atmosphere, this is what changes around you when you When you say, look, I believe in God. I'm not sure about the the world in which I'm living and the situation of which I'm in, but I I believe in God. And he's like, okay, if that's the case, if he's still in his holy temple, then then it's time to embrace it with your whole being. Yeah, exactly. To embrace it with your holy, and we didn't plan that, by the way. (laughs) This is not a cry in your drink kind of worship. This is a worship with large, large caps. You know that you, those texts you get from people, and they're like, and you're going, stop screaming, right? And some some of you didn't realize that when you put it on caps, that actually is an emphasis of like, hey, I'm yelling at you, type of thing. With a lot of exclamation points. Habakkuk in chapter three is doing this full body, all exuberant worship to God. And nothing's changed. Absolutely nothing's changed. In fact, one could even argue that things are going to go, and they are, they're going to go from uh, bad to even worse. But this is the point. At times, the most passionate, authentic praise is the praise before the provision, right? There's a song that, uh, I don't know if we've done it here, but it's Raise a Hallelujah uh, by Bethel. Um, music I'm not gonna you can go all down that but the reason it was uh, the reason it was written it was because there was a there was a child who was needing a miraculous work of God in his, in this child's life I don't remember if it was a boy or girl and so the songwriters wrote it specifically for that nothing had changed but they if you know the song you know they they raise a hallelujah Right? This is not like, well, it's calm, we're good, we're all happy. No, it hadn't happened yet. And this is what Habakkuk is calling us into. Even in this moment in our history, I think that God is calling us into, we need to give this authentic, kind of wild, exuberant praise because of of not because of what we get. Black Friday, right? You're just scrolling like, oh, I wonder what I can get. What can I put? Yeah, not you. But what can I put on my list, right? But it's the who. Who is on your list? It's not the what you can get. It's the character and nature of the very God in which we know and serve, the, the lover of covenant, right? And the lover of us because of the covenant. So, He's asking you. The Lord is asking you. He's asking me. That before the provision comes, are you you willing to step in? Are you willing to step into this wildly passionate way of worship when it doesn't feel like the situation you would want, but you know the God in whom you serve? This is how Habakkuk leans into this. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. I mean, Lord, repeat what you've done in the past, Lord. I mean, we sing songs to God, like, to God about this all day long. I mean, one of them is do it again. God, I've seen you do it before. Do it again. And we... we Ask him to repeat what he's done before in a new day, in a new way. Great is your faithfulness, friends. That's that's not a a song. It's a song of reminding us of what he's done, but where he's going, right? Because he lives, right? Because he lives, I I could take on yesterday? No, so I can face tomorrow. Worthy, another in the fire, grateful. I mean, we could go on and on and on. These are songs that move us to remind us of who God is and what he is going to do, what he is about, who he is, and what he wants to do. In the first week, we talked about those times in our lives when the goodness of God is like a a rain shower in the spring. You know those, right? They just come, and they keep coming, and all of a sudden, grass begins to grow, and flowers begin to to bud. It it, it seems continual. We, We can taste we can see, we can touch, we can feel. It even feels good. But in Habakkuk's manuscript, in, in our own manuscript, we can often find this place where everything's been going really, really good. But all of a sudden, it's almost like there's a switch that happens. Something transpires that's bad we lose a job we lose a loved one and it doesn't feel good it doesn't taste good there are days and maybe even months and maybe even years that go on that they that we are fall, fall into and this is what we talked about a few weeks ago that we can in those days we can find ourselves experiencing we may find ourselves experiencing the crisis of faith lord i i thought you this was going to be different lord I, I signed on for good Right? You, the goodness of the Lord. Right? Yet this is painful. And we can deny it all day long. In fact, some of us have, and that's where sometimes our, our faith has found ourselves, it, it, it's crushed us. Right? We've found, a, uh, we've found that we've denied it, but that the denying doesn't help us at all. And in the denying, we then may opt to kind of, you know, for optimism, uh, false optimism. Or, there's another way that many people go. We can walk away from God. We can choose to relinquish what we have come to know and believe about who God is. Not what he can give us, but who God is, truly, as a foundation and an elemental level. That when what, what, what you see with your eyes is different than what you believe in your, in your heart, and you find yourself in a valley, what do you do when you're crying out to God? That's what we've been wrestling through. Yep, in the month of, yep, generally Thanksgiving, we want to line up our Thanksgivings, but that's not where all of us are at. We're going to talk about two things this morning, two things that I believe that help us to embrace the goodness and remind us of the goodness and the, faith, and our faithfulness, uh, the faithfulness of God and our ability to have faithfulness to him even in those days. Uh, remember, when you're in the valley we need to remember in the last few days at least for some of us we have been remembering good or bad we have been in that mode of remembering right when we're around family all of a sudden stories got to get told or we start in the holiday time stories begin to be told about what has happened and and they remind us of uh, good and bad where god has shown up where provisions have been provided for and we remember we need to be people who remember all the time. Uh, Habakkuk three says this: God came from Teman, the Holy One from the Mount from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and his praise filled the earth. These uh, these places mean very little, if anything, to you, but they mean everything to Habakkuk. Just like if I were to tell my story, and you know, if you were sitting at our dinner table and I told my story, you would kind of go, oh, that's cute. But you'd go, it has no substance for you. It's kind of the same way here. We're, we may be lost in it, but let me remind you what he is, he is saying. He's, he's reminding himself of how the Lord has uh, mightily uh, taken take, care of his people, delivering them from Egyptian bondage. He, he's saying, I am remembering when we, I'm remembering what you have done when we thought there was no way. When we thought our people were gonna be in bondage forever, it was different. It was totally different. It was a but God movement. A but God, you moved in the heart of Pharaoh. God, you split opened the red sea you caused us to walk through on dry ground god you destroyed our enemies as they pursued us god i remember you were faithful when we were not and god i know you can do it again see we can do that in just a short phrase just a short sentence he's reminding all of those who know the storyline of their of their history how God has shown up and how He will show up again. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hands, where His power was hidden, where his fo- power was hidden, plague went before him, pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. Verse four through six says, "He said, I, I, "God, I remember your faithfulness. I, I remember your goodness." I remember your justice, I remember your presence, I remember, when, remember God when you were glorified in what you d- did. And if you are reading with us through the manuscript of Habakkuk 7 through 15, this is exactly what Habakkuk's doing. He's, he's reminding the people of where they have been, where God has taken them, and where he has provided for them. I mean, he could, he could have written a ton of things like we could have. And maybe we have over the last month. We've written down all of those things that we are grateful for. I was reminded a week ago, a little over a week ago, uh, of some of the simple things that we probably just take for granted. You, you ever, ever get to the side of your bed in the morning and look down at your feet? Go, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my feet. Lord, Lord, thank you that that I have the ability to stand. Thank you for the the water that comes out of my faucet to brush my teeth. We're all thankful for that. To wash my fa- I mean I mean we, our list could go on and on and sometimes we we skip right over some of the very smaller provisions. And I will say they are taken for granted There's smaller provisions to try to find and leap to the bigger ones. And yet, God is providing for us continually. Just as he did for the nation of Israel. uh, Providing meat, water for a rock, deliverance for Daniel. I mean, these are the stories that Habakkuk is bringing forward. Uh, Can you imagine hearing the story of the dry bones coming to life and being, you know, with flesh on them? Lord, you did this. So sometimes when you're in the valley, you you just simply must, just kind of, you need to, we all must remember the goodness and faithfulness of God. I think back, uh, sometimes when I'm questioning God, and yep, questioning God, and I remember back, all the way back in high school, when my sin caught up with me. Maybe you remember those days. Maybe it happened to you. Uh, the sin was fun for a while, but all of a sudden it's not, and you, you feel the weight of it. You feel guilty. You even feel the shame. I didn't know what to do when I was lost, and yet what I did do is I continued to go to church. I attended student ministry, youth ministry. I followed where God was leading the breadcrumbs uh, from the loaf to the very bread from heaven, Jesus, you see sometimes it 's not much, but it 's just enough Now Jesus remember Jesus declared, "I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty, and then we know we realize it 's not about it 's not about the the what it 's about the who and how." And how he hangs on to us. And how we can hang on to him. I mean, God was so faithful in those days. It, gives, it really gives me goosebumps to remember how faithful God was in my foolishness. My sin. Yet those breadcrumbs rescued me. Res- reconciled me. Began the restoration pro- process that be- continues today. I mean, God has, is so faithful in so many ways. Uh, friends of Kathy and I introduced us through some creative means. And, it, I mean, this is a gift. I mean, let me just tell you, you have to have a wife who's hungry for Jesus if you're going to be a pastor. You, you have to have somebody who's hungry for and love with Jesus, his kingdom, and his bride almost as much as you are to be a pastor, uh, to be a pastor's spouse. We need to be a people practicing, remembering, remembering the goodness and how he, he interweaves and brings us to a place where we never thought we would ever be. So we remember, but when you're in the valley, you grasp what he's doing. Grasp. all too often, can I tell you, we endure. And endure is not totally this, but it has this taste of passivity to it, doesn't it? I'm just enduring. Have you ever said that? I mean, endurance is another word, but enduring is just this kind of like, well, you know, I'm just kind of floating in a boat, and I hope to get to the other shore. You're just kind of taking in, but when we're in that valley of doubt, confusion, I don't understand, we need to grasp and believe that God is good. We grasp what he's doing. If you think about Habakkuk, he felt like the enemy, those ruthless Babylonians, were winning. And guess what? They were. In that moment, they were winning. I mean, they were part of God's work. But he grasped in the situation. Everything within him grasped this idea that God is still in his holy temple. That my God is always faithful. He's still God. In spite of everything I see, taste, and touch, I will continue to grasp His goodness. Listen as He does this, and He does it really quite viscerally, I believe, in chapter three. I heard, I heard, and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound, decay crept into my bones. My legs trembled, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vine. Though the olive crop fa- fails and the cr- fields produce no food, there are no, and there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. I mean, he, he's describing what's going on, and he's feeling it Physically. He's seeing it with his own eyes, what's transpiring. But you may say it this way, though I'm praying, I still don't see an answer. Though we're still believing we we can conceive, we have yet to conceive. Though I'm still asking for that job, that provision, I believe that that blessing, that answer will come. Though I have yet to see it though we lost something so valuable, valuable to us, we don't understand. I will believe. But this is how Habakkuk said, says it at the end of that, in verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. There are dozens of reasons for Habakkuk and for us, maybe in our moments that we're in now or we have been in, we can rethink re- that, we can think about that again, that we would come half-hearted to sing this song to God and not this full-bodied, f- full-soul, everything within me, gonna give it over to God and praise him with all the goodness. We have multiple reasons to do that. But Habakkuk reminds us he's still he's still... Uh, contending he's still grasping and he isn't half-hearted by his his declaration about who god is this is a full-on declaration of he is still god i know i know i know but he's still god this is a faith that gives praise even when you don't see it not because of what but because of who now, as a reminder uh, for those of us who may be new today or have not remembered, Habakkuk means contend and cling. Uh, the name Habakkuk means to contend and cling. And so as his name says, we're going to, uh, in those times of I don't understand, I am not sure, grasp. When uh, Abigail was born, our youngest daughter, she had a high Billy Reuben count. Uh, All of our girls had a raised (coughs) Billy Ruben count, yet Rebecca and Hannah overcame their jaundice fairly quickly. Abigail, not so. So they decided to place Abigail in her own tanning bed, gave her her tanning goggles, and, uh, you know, I don't know if you've been around uh, mother and child any time recently where you have that separation, especially at that point. It doesn't go so well. It's a bit unnerving. Uh, to test these levels of bilirubin, they may do it differently now. I have no idea. But they had to do this thing called a heel stick on Abigail. You know, even as babies were a little adverse to pain, just a little bit, <clears throat> so the nurse uh, had a little bit of trepidation with her pro- the process of doing this heel stick. As Kathy and I watched, kind of in horror a little bit, to be honest. And uh, Abigail's crying, Kathy is or was pretty close to crying, I can't remember. Uh, I did speak some words of firm uh, affirmation. Look, I will help you this time. But if you can't get it this time, we're asking somebody else, you know? You've maybe been there before. And so I remember holding my own daughter so they could create, you know, cause pain, right? It's kind of an uncomfortable feeling. And uh, they were able to do that. Grateful that they were. But this is my point. As a father, that was the, that's an uncomfortable position to be in. To say, oh, just endure this pain because it will get better. <laughs> all lost, she has no clue of all that happened, right? I'm grateful for that, the way the Lord makes us. But do you think that it's very possible that the Lord in his goodness, seriously, in his goodness, may actually hold us In a place of pain, allow us to stay in order for a greater redemption and reconciliation to come through. I mean, God of all creation created you and me. And there might be places where we would say, ah, I wanna dodge this one. I don't wanna go through, I wanna go around. And yet he says, no, stay, stay. Because his best for us is in that place where we cling and contend with what we know, what we know about him, who we know him to be. Chapter one is don't quit on God. Chapter two is, excuse me, two is don't walk away from God. Habakkuk, the, the manuscript doesn't resolve any of the situation at all. Don't you like that? I mean, it's kind of like Job. Anybody read Job? Yeah, a few of us. We get to the end and go, uh, that's quite a conclusion, right? I mean, seriously. But as we have been talking about it, we realize that's, that's, that lack of conclusion the way we would want it is actually a conclusion that brings God glory and brings him greater praise. It is a beautiful thing. I mean, in Habakkuk's situation, It's gonna, it's it's bad, but it's gonna get even worse. We have to remind ourselves that this this thing called life, just like Habakkuk is writing about this period of time which expands, expands actually beyond him, is not a TV show nor a movie that resolves in a couple hours. But it does resolve in better and the best. Habakkuk 3:19 says this, which is the last verse of this chapter. You see, it's it's not all about getting the resolve we're looking for. It says the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like feet of the deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. It's like, really this is the conclusion? It is. And why? Because the Lord takes us to a more intimate place with him. A place of greater faith, a greater trust, a greater resilience, a greater understanding of who he is, not what we can get. We all enjoy God on the mountaintops. But the real place we get to know God is in the valleys. I mean, I love to praise him for, for the what, but the valleys, I just seem, I, I simply praise him for who he is. Lord, thank you for being with me. Can you imagine? With me, in it, feeling it, it's, it's that perspective we uh, References verse already once in the series, but consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And pervi- perseverance, finish perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I mean, whoa. Praise him, praise him, praise him. You cannot have chapter three, intimacy, uh, the knowledge of God without the chapter one, one of wondering and the chapter two of waiting. There's something God does in us, a, a trust, a faith, a passion. I mean, when you're in the valley, remember you remember God's goodness, you embrace him, you may even contend with him, you may not understand but let me tell you you don't let go at at all you don't let go so as we've been traveling through I, I love the wrongness of of the bible the the truth of the bible that it speaks to us about life that it's not all this easy resolve i lose a job i get a better job uh, i I get in a car accident. I get a better car. I mean, all of this stuff that we th- we may think, but truly, He is with us in all of it. He is with us. Remember the goodness. You may you may wrestle or contend. You may not understand, but don't let go. Let's pray, Father. I ask that you would do that do what only you could do, that you would give us through your spirit the ability to grasp no matter what. Give us the faith to praise you even when we don't see the provision. God, just for, not, not for the what, but because of who you are, help us, God, give us permission Uh, free us to contend, to, to push, to wrestle, to talk, to cry out, to even acknowledge our doubts before you and even others, Lord. Because we know what your son said to his disciples. We know that what you have said to us, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you will be with us. Lord, be with us in our contending. Friends, you may have uh, something that you have been navigating in these days. Remember and grasp. It will take you to a a deeper intimacy, a, a greater confidence and a strength and assurance with God. Stick with him. None of you are here by accident today. None. You're here because God cares for you. And maybe, maybe you come this morning and you have yet to say yes to Jesus. And to follow him, as I declared at the beginning, that that's what we're about. Following Jesus in this world. And you may be asking, who's Jesus? Jesus is the son of God, the perfect in every way without sin, who is obedient to God's call for him, died on the cross in our place as the perfect sacrifice, rose again from the dead. Why would he do that? So that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus would be saved, forgiven, and transformed. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how dark your life feels. When you call on Jesus, he hears your prayer. He forgives your sin. He makes you better than new. If that's that's something you're looking for today and it's it's something you have never said yes to, uh, pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me from my sins. I give you my life and I choose to follow, love, and live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful that you are with us through all of life. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus to redeem and reconcile. And so, Father, in these coming moments, Lord, allow us to commune with you around your table, intimately thanking you celebrating and remembering what you have done for us.